Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. The Houndsman XP Podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is powered by Cajun Lights. All of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights. They have three models of cap lights. I'm gonna run through them real quick. You've got the Rogaroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you gotta find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the Rogaroo on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors. It's got walking lights. It's got the red, the green, the amber. It's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning to coon hunting at night to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it. And that light is the Micro Gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajun's top-rated customer service. Check out Cajun Lights. You can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com. Go to our sponsors page. Hit that link. It'll take you right to Cajun Lights. Check them out. They got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun Lights. You know, we all have that one special dog hanging out on the porch. He's just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. All these things you like coming together to make one superb dog. That was exactly what we had in mind when we made this show. Welcome to All Mixed Up. I feel like such a hipster. When last time we started recording, I was drinking a seltzer water, but now I'm drinking a ginger beer. (laughs) That's a good one too. Like root beer or actually a beer that is made of ginger? It's like a ginger ale, but more gingery apparently. 
That's the one we use to make Moscow mules. That's so, yeah. exactly yeah. why I have yeah. them. Yeah. Yep. And so I was like, uh, I'm just going to drink one uh, less Moscow, more mule. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, I got my ginger beer on. But anyway, uh, welcome everybody to Houndsman XP podcast all mixed up. Uh, we have a really exciting episode this this month. Uh, and I'm just going to slip it in right now. I can't wait next month as well. Because I've been scurrying around at high speed, and uh, I have a lot of crazy in-person content. The patrons are going to get a taste of it first, but we're talking about feral mules. We're talking about crazy racing and people getting annihilated by feral horses. So stay tuned for next month. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a hell of a tease. All right. <laughs> yeah, Wait, we have to go now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Human corrals and people getting obliterated by feral horses. Wow. So um, that's next month. This month, however, also amazing because we got tweaker castles filled with raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned yep. for later in the episode. But uh, Chad has brought along a great friend. Chad, I'm going to let you take it away, brother. I just got us started. All right. Let's see. We got I got my buddy. My buddy Dylan here visiting from uh, the Northeast uh, came out. Um, you doing good, man? Yeah, doing great. Glad to be here. Um, we uh, just doing a little vacationing and got you know got the storytelling and everything. And I know we we've been working the the whole keeper calls. So I thought I thought we'd we'd spin it just a little bit right off the bat and have a little fun. And I got a a hunting buddy keeper call. <laughs> All right, so I want to hear this. Okay. All right. So we're going to tell a story, you know, ask your questions. It, it's going to be hilarious, you know, but uh, at the end of it, you got to keep this in mind. We're, we're we're deciding on whether or not we're going to keep or call our, our new hunting buddy. This is, and just to, to <laughs> just to preface it, this is, this is the first hog hunt. You know, my wife and I were out hog hunting and we've been hog hunting forever. And we had, we had Dylan come out and this was his, his first experience other than stories, you know, well, this is, you're not doing it a hundred percent justice because you got to understand here when I think of a, a hog hunt, right. Or even hunting in general, I'm, I grew up in the city, so I'm a little bit of a city guy and that's great. I would expect, Hey man, would you like to go hunting? Not, Hey, you want to go for a quick walk? Those are two <laughs> vastly different things, man. I mean, I'm sitting there like with a beer in my hand. Yeah, it's going to be great. Let's go on a walk. Sure. It's a wonderful afternoon. Yeah, no, not not so much. That was a that was a different thing. So I just want to make sure everyone understands the baseline here from my expectations. I didn't know we were on a hunt. I thought we were on a stroll through the woods with some dogs. So well, yeah, maybe, says, maybe in hey, hindsight. Let's go walking. Say yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> or say yes. They're fun. Or too. say yes. It was it was definitely it resulted in a uh, a memorable time. And uh again, it, it was it was good. I would like to say things got a lot better from there on but uh yeah i would say definitely up until this point all we had was hey man there's a lot of feral hogs around here and uh they'll get you they'll get you that was probably the number one if there was like a, a hashtag or a catch line it would probably be they'll get you well you gotta mess with your you gotta mess with them a little bit right you gotta you know, build that they hype wanna, they'll get you they're, they're, you know <laughs> they'll climb trees they're gonna they're gonna come after you yeah that, so we had asked i was like what do you even do like so when you're out like I know you hunt hogs. It's great. What do you do? And he's like, oh man, you gotta, you just find a tree that'll support you. Don't climb up in it. Just like push your, pull yourself up like a pull up almost. And I'm like, 
Oh, great. So like once and then they go away. Oh no, they're smart. They're going to circle back around and get you a few times. So you got to do it like 10, 12 times. And I'm like, Hey man, I don't know if I have that in me. I got, I got maybe twice. Look at what do you do <laughs> on the ground? He's like, Oh, just ninja over him. I'm like, I am not a ninja. This is <laughs> Hooves on the wood. The yeah. <laughs> that so was the night you, before. you guys, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, tell, tell us what happened. Take, take, take us back to the beginning. So yeah, literally, I think the first time I heard about all the hog hunting stuff with, with detail was probably the night before just sitting there, you know, shooting the breeze, uh, having some beers. And that's what I, we were told all this different stuff about the hogs. And it was like, okay, the next day we're out doing some stuff around the ranch. And, uh, yeah, sure enough. Uh, he says, Hey, by the way, you want to go for a, uh, a quick, quick walk? We're like, yeah, no problem. So this is also me. It's another good buddy of mine too, um, that we've known for a long time. And uh, I'm in just normal, you know, I got boots and jeans on or something like that. And my other buddy, he's got shorts and flip-flops on. And uh, again, this is the level that we were expecting this. And uh, he says, hey, he looks to Ashley, you want to bring some dogs? And she she says, yeah. So they load up a terrier and uh, was it Ruckus? It was Rowdy. Rowdy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rowdy, Rowdy. And, the uh, Pitbull Mountain Walk Cross. Yeah. So, I mean, they put the the transponders on them, but... I'm like, yeah, they're running around the woods. I thought that was normal. So we uh, <laughs> we just get in the truck. We drive a little ways and just get out. And it's a nice little trail. I mean, it's a it's a four by four trail, basically, like a side by side trail. We're walking and uh, everything was nice. And you got to remember at this point, what we don't know is we are on a hunt. I thought we're on a stroll. And we're on a hunt. And uh, 100% suddenly out of nowhere, there's just this snapping and commotion like maybe 50 meters into the woods on, on our left. And it was almost like Chad got this look in his eye, like contact left. <laughs> like he looks at <laughs> and immediately looks at Ashley and goes, it's on. And the dogs start barking. He runs off. And me and my buddy are sitting there going, what's on? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> We're quite confused just sitting on this trail and he's gone. And after about 30 seconds, we see the first one. It's just a, a silhouette just go flying by across the trail. What was that? And then another one. And then you realize these are all feral hogs. And we are surrounded right now by these hogs fleeing from that <laughs> area. And there's just, you know, there's the the chomping going on. There's just just insanity going on. And we Did look you at each run other. for a tree? <laughs> no, no, we just we froze. We're like, oh my God. <laughs> well, 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 the way the way what had happened is the dogs were out and got into them. And before the, you know, the dogs had even really opened up, you know, we just we we heard the sounder start to make noise. And, you know, so Ashley and I take off and so, but then the dogs push them around us and then right around my two buddies. So they're standing there in the road with their, with their beer, you know, just like, okay, cool. They're going to go catch a pig. And and then now they're zipping in front of them. Behind them. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they, they weren't near a tree. This is the, you know, that, that's the status that I then. So and, and the best part too, hands down, I forgot to mention this too. So the day before too, we're out and he's got one in a pen already. And so the day before we had this experience and we're like, it's like, Hey, do you want to get in the pen? And he's giving us like the safety brief. And I'm like, no, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of don't. And, uh, and then yeah. suddenly now flashback to now there's no pen. You're in the pen, whether you want it or not. <laughs> you go, man. Yeah, no, no, it was fun. So, uh, uh, yeah. So basically we have this realization, me and my buddy, you're looking at each other like, wow, this is, uh, this is it. This is happening right now. And right when we're looking at each other, we hear it. And it this changed the entire game for us. And so Chad, we've known him for a long time. Hunter does all this stuff. He's a, a 
a great guy, but he's, you know, again, cream of the crop when it comes to some of this stuff. So it's all good. And we hear Chad suddenly from in the woods yell, help, help, help. And he's screaming help. And we're like, oh, this is really, oh my God, this man needs help. Like he needs help. This is how it ends. This is how it ends for us. (laughs) I don't know what happened. Uh, so like literally we put our beers down we're like oh my god my one buddy pulled out the smallest pocket knife known to man (laughs) (laughs) we look at each other all right we gotta i guess we're gonna go we're gonna go we're coming buddy yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) we go dashing in like come on charge follow me we're like all right i don't know what we're gonna do but we're gonna do it and uh yeah but that was a fun little moment where we were just like if he needs help then uh, we're doomed. We're doomed. This is it. <laughs> but anyway, we we get in there, right? We get in, and it's only like I said, it's only I, I don't know, like less than fifty yards in the woods. It's right there in the woods. We get up on them, and Ashley's got one of the dogs, I believe, by the collar. Mm-hmm. And- uh, she had like uh, either Rowdy or the Terrier, one of them. I forget who exactly, but one of the dogs, right? And and then yeah, the other ones barking around, and Chad's got this hog by the hind legs and this is the first time we've seen that and we run up we're like what do you need what do you need and he's like help me get over here we go okay doesn't say a word just hands a leg to my one buddy and a leg to me and we're (laughs) like what and he goes i'll be right back and they both leave (laughs) so you're just hanging on to a wheelbarrow hog never not even by yourself too so now you got like the two of us holding on to a hind leg each and we're like wait come back what uh, <laughs> describe off. the hog dylan was this a monster porker what are we talking Listen, here? that's the thing right so this is the first time and it's you know we got the adrenaline going a little bit and we went from our nice little you know leisurely walk to this and it was like man this thing giant tusks oh my god it's it's gonna it's gonna get you like this is all i keep remembering the hashtag it's gonna get you and i'm like damn <laughs> and so we have we have this thing and chad goes off and you can hear the commotion, but then you can clearly tell they go far. Like the, you can hear the dogs. They're far. We just wanted to get on the next one, you know, like come hold this one. Let's catch get, another. Get ahead. Quick. You got to catch you gotta dog do right it quick. Here. You know, that's <laughs> why I was like, get in here, get the big, get the, we got to get the next one, you know? Yeah. Which again, the help cry, we thought, oh, help was going to be clearly like bad. He's um, down again. getting yeah. shredded. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm a medical guy. So I hear help and I'm like, yeah, I hear like medic and I'm like, all right, I got you. I'm coming. Um, And so instead we end up in this situation. <laughs> Yeah, 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 with a yeah, that, the world's smallest. I got a thing. foldable Dorito chip. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think is what we were calling it. One of those little mouser knives, you know. <laughs> I don't even think if you got a running start, it would have penetrated the house. <laughs> Lance charge, yeah. Uh, it was fantastic. And so, uh, so anyway, there we are sitting in the woods with no one else. It's just me and my buddy. Suddenly, and again, you got to remember, he's in like flip flops flip-flops and shorts so he's not uh you know suited for this environment although he'll tell you i'm a country boy and <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll go for any hunt on flip-flops i don't care and he's an like, arkansas fella yeah, yeah this yeah. particular guy <laughs> which was even better because he had you know i think uh, uh arkansas shorts on so there yeah. was definitely yeah there was the razor back on there yeah anyway um so i think it takes all of i don't know i'm gonna be aggressive in my estimation here 90 seconds i don't know maybe maybe two minutes for this hog to clearly outsmart us <laughs> like it starts turning one way and we're like all right and it's like a like cue the benny hill theme song music like <laughs> we're going one way and it's just running us in like a kind of a circle we're like i don't know what to do 
we're just being so gentle with this thing because you know, <laughs> you know, but you're holding on, you got a death grip. And it takes about, like I said, about two minutes before it found a tree and it got us against this tree and it's like running in a circle. We can't turn anymore because my buddy's like pinned against the tree and then I'm getting pinned against him and it's starting to like move its head around and trying to trying. get you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's going to get me. <laughs> so and so they, I guess I didn't do him a service because, you know, uh, the hog hunters know if you just leg it and hold still. The pigs don't bend very well. They're kind of rigid, you know? So as long as you hold the legs and hold still, it can't get you. But they're like one leg each, which is kind of a disservice (laughs) as well. Which is hilarious. Uh, So they're kind of hunched over a little bit, you know, with the one leg each. So when the, I guess, you know, come to find out when it would turn its head, they assumed it can turn more. So as it would turn the heck, they would run away. Yeah. They go the other way, you know? So now this hog, you know, is like, spinning them in circles you know they're they're as safe as safe can be as long as they hold on to the leg but they think this thing's coming after them so they're 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 turning themselves you know drilling themselves down into the ground trying to avoid the pig (laughs) and it was really i I gotta give a lot of credit to you could tell there's some intelligence there because it knew it was like i'll run you this way oh i'm coming the other way (laughs) knew like it knew i need to get these guys and uh the whole time too, we got our head on a swivel because we saw there were a lot of hogs that were around. Is it around screaming? There. Is it squealing? Or is it? Oh just... yeah, yeah. The whole time, it is unhappy. It is unhappy, <laughs> and we're like, oh, it's calling its buddies. We're this yeah. is like, yeah. So it was, it was not a thing, and uh, it it took a little bit. We got pinned on this tree, and luckily that's when we you know kind of held the line. There was nowhere <laughs> to go. <laughs> so there's nowhere to go. We held the line. He couldn't get us, but I mean, we were we were straight stuck. And uh, Chad comes up. And this was the great part. You see him start to, you see the bush and you see him coming in. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, everything. Like, okay, he, here he comes and he comes in. He's all upset. And I'm like, are you okay? Because I haven't got any word on like the help thing either. I'm like, are you all right? Is everything okay? And he he looks up. He's like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't, uh, yeah, we didn't get another one. And he's kind of like disappointed. And we're like, cool. Um, <laughs> with this? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Without a word, he just grabs both legs from us. And immediately flips it over, down on that boop, hog ties it in like I mean rodeo speed, just so fast. And we were both sitting there like, oh yeah, totally. I was, I was going to do that. This is your hog. <laughs> like, uh, I would have done it, but you know, courtesy, I, I wanted to give you, you know, I was deferring to you because you know that's that's etiquette. <laughs> we had never, and again, granted, we did not know how to do that or anything. And to us, it looked like he just this world champion hog tire and and here's the best part out of everything for me at least uh is afterwards so we got this hog and we're like all right cool we'll take it back and uh we're like hey we, well this is your first hog we got to get a picture with everything we're like sure so we get this picture and uh honestly this is the smallest hog known to man this is the <laughs> tiniest little hog man <laughs> i mean this thing's maybe 100 pounds if it's wet if soaking wet it is it is not big it's a javelina <laughs> basically <laughs> Pretty much, I'd say it was like seventy pounds, you know, like 80, 80 pounds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, Dylan, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. Don't yeah. feel yeah. bad. The first hog yeah. I ever went in on during the day with curs and bulldogs, yeah. they probably weighed fifty pounds, and I didn't grab it, man. They uh, they grabbed <laughs> it for me. I was like, uh, um, the guy I was hunting with, um, Danny, he was like, uh. Hey, I was hoping you would grab that pig. I was like, are you on drugs? I'm not grabbing that thing. <laughs> like, you know I mean? like, that's not why I came, man. <laughs> that's the best part, too, because you just hear negative things. Like, again, again, 
no idea it was a hunt. This is a walk. And all you know is hashtag, they're going to get you. And, and <laughs> they'll, they'll get you. And you're just like, all right, like, cool. They're, these things are going to get me. I, I noted, don't go near them. I don't I plan to. I think that's a natural progression of any pig hunter, though, is that like everyone is really afraid of them. And one thing I've really learned is that all the pig hunters are like, Oh, their reputation's so overblown. I ask that to every single hog hunter. I'm like, are you afraid of hogs? They're like, no. And after <laughs> like five days of hunting, I wasn't either anymore. I was like, oh yeah, their reputation is super overblown. Like if you just stay away from their teeth, yeah. they're not going to do anything. And That's we got run up end. a tree by one. And yeah, you just climb the tree. He grunted a little few seconds and then ran off. So yeah, I'm with you though, man. At first, I was like, "These are grizzly bears, man." Like, you know? <laughs> so I was like, "I'm gonna keep away from these things." But yeah, I, I uh, by the end of it, I was like, "Oh, ah, they're nothing." <laughs> so. And that's that's kind of how he's got, which is hilarious because in the beginning, this this pig was like, "They're they're white whale," you know, like <laughs> we 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 to the death like for three days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then since then, he's come on a bunch more hunts, you know, and we've, I don't know, I think we've caught at least two pigs that were like 250, 300 class, you Ooh, know, like wow. nice pigs that he's got the leg and tie, you know, and, and, and deal with that whole shebang. So now, now that he's like, you know, gone full <laughs> circle, we, he still has this picture, you know, <laughs> of like the 70 pound Sal. You know, like, just like, fight on. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, what I was going to um, ask if you, if you, if you ever went again, Dylan, but it sounds like you did. You, I take it you had a good time overall. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it was definitely, you know, an experience. We laughed about it. Everything was good. And then, you know, we got the safety brief after that. He's like, oh yeah, you're right. So this is how you flip a hog and this is how you do that. And so once we were armed with a little bit more of that information, right. It was like, okay, I get that. Like any, cause we had, you know, the zero other than the walk in, they'll get you. Um, <laughs> but honestly, once we had that, you know, the next one that we did, I don't think I shot on that one. I think I still stayed away. I wrangled some of the dogs, but I knew I was like, all right, I got it. And I think it was probably maybe like the third hunt we did. I remember we ran in, it was a further, I remember it was further. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how lucky we got it going, you know, less than like 50 yards in this next one was, it was a, it was a hike. It was in there. And so we're running in. I remember that was the first one where uh, the dogs were there and everything. And I I think I I reached in, I got them or something. I had, Mm -hmm. I, I, I shot in, I got the legs. And I was like, all right, and just waiting. The other hogs cleared out. And Chad gave me this look like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> He's like, my boy is growing up. And it was. It was, I think I'm I'm fairly certain it was the biggest sow I've ever caught. Ever. And like all the my life as a hog hunter. It was a mad it it dwarfed a lot of pig hogs I've been, you know, boar hogs I've been proud of, you know. Dang. Um, but you know, shot in, snatched it, stood up, and then that's the hard part. You got them now, you know. Like it, it, you know, it's downhill from the legging. Yeah. Um the part that was always sketchy to me still is that once you flip it, that transition where yeah. you got that that brief second where you're like, all right, I have to let go of the and then I have to get my yeah. yeah, I have to get my knee right here and then also pull up. And if you mess this up, you're gonna have a bad time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about you know how you, you get the back legs and you flip it, and then yeah, and that's always the part they're like, now what do I do? You know, like because I was kind of helping him out, training, you know, to get ready for more big hunts. And I'm like, well, once he's on his shoulder, he's only gonna be there for a second or two before he stands right back up you're getting him rolling onto his back so at that point you let go of the back legs <laughs> put your knee behind the ear as fast as you can and and grab the bottom front leg with two hands like a baseball bat and pull back and once you are there 
you know, my hundred pound wife can hold them down, yep. you know, yep. like, yep. but you got to get there, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you got to let go and grab the other one, you know, you got, you know, so uh, that, that's, that's, Do that's you the, think step, the you know? first person to figure out this technique, figured it out on domestic pigs and then transitioned that into wild mm-hmm. ones. Or do you think he just figured it out on the fly with small wild ones that had been <laughs> caught by dogs? Couldn't tell you thousands uh, of years no ago. Clue. That's an interesting idea. I know it's definitely like, be safer. Yeah. <laughs> Who thought of all this? Who's like, oh yeah, you flip them. Oh, first of all, it's like Ugg the caveman with his dogs being like, oh yeah, they're stiff as a spaghetti noodle. You, they can't get you, and you get behind. I learned because I saw like, like Rago get shredded, and yeah, you just grab by the back <laughs> legs, bro. <laughs> like you know, I don't know. I, I just I always think about that. Who figured all this out? This institutional knowledge that we all take for granted. Somebody was the first one to grab a, a pig by the back legs and then flip yeah. him and be like, grab him like a baseball bag. Back then it'd be like, grab him like your wife club, you know, like yeah. right here on the, on the, on the double head. Oh, good. Yeah. But, yeah. I think about that. So, so uh, 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 what are we keeping or calling this? Uh, are we talking about Dylan right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, you know, his first hog hunt, you know, well, what, what, what do you, what do you say? You know, like the, the, the hog did get the upper hand. You know, but ultimately, gonna, it didn't matter what happened. I was going to say, call this bitch until I saw the bourbon <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So what's your vote? What's your I, vote? I say there's no question. Keep, son. Is that right? <laughs> and that's no that going to be the determining factor. You know, style <laughs> comes secondary <laughs> to the end result. And the hog was there when I got back. Look, so, I'll be the first one to tell you I hate gingers, but so I'm drinking a ginger beer. My I got brother's it, yeah. a ginger. Oh. Oh, <laughs> but no, I say keep, and here's why. One, you were handed a tough situation. You held on like a pit bull. Good job. <laughs> Two, you came back for more. And yeah. three, you made Papa proud when you darted it and caught that ma- massive sow. You're a keeper. There's no question. There you you're go. a keeper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Natural I game. Agree. Well, I appreciate it. That's really good. I can tell you, we did not feel like that. Uh, the end of that first day, we it was it was good. But uh, yeah, you know, I guess it's keep, get up, get back on. I don't know. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Don't yeah. flip a hog, just flip it again. I don't know. There's some kind of wisdom in there. So. <laughs> I, I, I definitely agree too. I'm going to say keep the pig was there when he got just, just like a good bulldog. Was it? I don't care how he does it, but was the pig there when he got there? It was there. So keep, keep. I, I vote keep too. Keep, you know, absolutely keep. I'm going to ask you, Dylan. Have you been hunting another? Have you gone with Chad and hunted other ways with dogs now? Uh. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. We've done a few different things. Uh, it's been good. Um, yeah, we've done. Sight- uh, you know what? To be honest, the sighthounds again. The sighthounds are pretty cool. Um, I'm a big fan. Hell it's, yeah! <laughs> I'll tell you, it's uh, there's a lot more running than I thought would happen, and I'm like, oh, I didn't sign up for this. But at the same time, you get that adrenaline of like, well, I don't want to miss it. I want to see this happen. This is amazing. So. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think the sighthounds were a you big deal. You two need to come on down to my place. <laughs> yeah i'll nice. show you my uh, nice. chad chad's got some pretty nice uh dogs and some good places down there but yeah your boy here <laughs> <laughs> wide open you oh really you watch the dog run away for a week oh you know? see that's like, great there's a lot less running the dog cheetahs they need there that is. so that made my heart swell Whew, i didn't uh, know if you were gonna keep like to wrestle dirty hogs or but now i know you 
you're a fan of pure speed <laughs> yeah it was it was good i liked it yeah um those were those are always fun uh and definitely seeing like when you combine them there too where you have the the sight hounds and then you also get you know a bird of some kind going mm-hmm. that's uh that's amazing that's it's it's just awesome watching that teamwork <laughs> isn't it crazy how effective hunting can be with no firearms just animals it's, yeah yeah it's almost like uh yeah primordial <laughs> very very Chad, when were falcons first used in hunting by humans? Uh, shortly after sighthounds. They were, it's forever. Those are the first two. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, they, got, they got, um, you know, the, the what is it in the Gaze Hound book? It says, um, they got hieroglyphics of some of the oldest art, you know, is, uh, you know, that. It's like sighthound and rabbit, you know, or impala, you know, like with the dog that's obviously a sighthound. And then, you know, uh, on this wall next to it is, you know, a, a raptor of sorts, you know. So it's it's, it's in there. It's way, way back, you know. It goes way back. I would definitely, you know, the nod goes to sighthounds, you know. It's like probably the first type of, Oh, know, yeah. Yeah, Salukis you know. are like that. Well, the, the land race that became Salukis is like the oldest form of purebred dogs in the world. I got an Iranian Saluki that's like his genetics go to that part of central Iran for thousands of years. And it's so cool to think when you're hunting with them, you're like, this is the exact same thing we could have been doing 10,000 years ago. You know, history. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. And the same exact thing. There's nothing different except the binoculars I have, you know? So (laughs) anyway, it's just, it's really cool. They transitioned into it. You know my thing. I love flying with, you know, the sighthounds and the and the raptors, you know, falcons or whatever. Um, but that's one of the other really old works in that book is the uh in the Gazon book where they have uh Saluki's pursuing, I think it's actually like some kind of gazelle or I'm not gonna say it's not an impala, but some kind of desert mm-hmm. You know, yep, desert gazelles. What's yeah. what's the right word I'm looking for here? Well, Seth? gazelles. Yeah. So there's okay. like tons of different desert gazelles. Like it's probably a yeah. Dorcas gazelle. That's like the most uh, common Middle Eastern. There we gazelle. go. I knew you were gonna do that. Well, actually, it's a zigafrigamorph. You know, like all right, that. Yeah, this is what I was exactly what I was gonna say. You know, but they're pursuing it. They're pushing it with Salukis, and they're turning loose of a falcon on horseback. You know, and that was like, and what they would do is, you know, the the salukis would you know run it and line it out and this falcon would haze it now it's not like it's gonna knock it over yeah it's gonna slap it in the head going 100 miles an hour you know and <laughs> annoy him yeah yeah and annoy him or cause a turn you know to allow the the other dogs which they're bred to do on their own but this is the way this guy headed hunted yeah. alone you know so if you can get the turn so- sooner allow them to catch up and they just overtake you know the gazelle and and, and, and catch it so the falcon didn't actually grab and bring it down but again just hazing and getting early turns so that the dogs could do the heavy lifting yeah and that's that's ancient you know that's that's way before guns you know so effective so effective it's amazing yeah yeah so that's awesome yeah yeah so there you go and he's done so he's done the side hound things that's his favorite too i knew you'd love that you know (laughs) um um, but we've taken him on he's gone bear hunting a few times None successful. We've gotten outran each time um, uh, on those days. But I think that's a bit of some terrier shenanigans with raccoons and, and the like, you know. But yeah, so he's he's had a little taste of of a lot for okay. for my pocket you're, city boy. You're yeah. gonna level up, Dylan. Bear. Chad's gonna hand you a bear by the back legs. Yeah, that's gonna be <laughs> that'll be a different. And yeah, then that's the worst part because then I'll have that confidence of like, well, 
I remember my first time I wasn't in any danger. So this is probably legit. And then I'll grab the bear and it's like, no, you're that's you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, we don't have we don't grab the bears. I'm gonna stop it now just to make sure. But you said no, they will get you, man. <laughs> They're actually flexible. Jiu-jitsu roll, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Like they get dogs that way. The dog will come up and nip them in the butt, and they will do like a little tumble <laughs> and grab them, you know, while running. They'll run in a direction. The dog will nip them and they'll roll and and, and they can reach out and grab them under certain circumstances. So if they could do that before the dog could get away, we don't have a chance, you know. <laughs> My uh, first time, my first time seeing a bear treed, I just remember how crazy it was. I was in Canada, believe it or not. And yeah, it's, you just look up and it's a bear. Like it, you're just like, it's, it's, it's one thing to just see a bear grazing on the side of the road or like you camping or whatever, but to like, just see one sitting there, like right above you looking at you is kind of cool. Well, it's very yeah. cool. You know, it, it's such a neat experience and you're just like, damn, like, and it always surprises me that they'll tree like dogs are so small and weak i mean they're just like yeah i'm just gonna get away from this annoying mess and just climb this tree you know what i mean like it's just crazy that they even do like the two dogs that treed one of the bears were like one was like a 25 pound pup and the other was like a 40 pound puffball. these two like like and they just were like the bear was like yeah i'm gonna climb or i'm gonna die you know what i mean like like it just thought it was so scared of those dogs and i'm just it made me laugh it's just that's like, exactly boy. what i asked with chad you know when we were we were doing the bear I said, so what they, will the dogs like get the bear? And he's like, oh no, no, no. The bear can end all these dogs if he wants. And I'm like, well then wait a minute. So why is it tree? And he's like, I don't know. Just the, they're annoying. And I'm like, oh, so it just stays up there. He's like, nah, I'll get bored and come down. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, <okay."> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Cannonball jumps right into the thickest spot of a man. It'll get up <laughs> and then run, you know? Yeah. It is, yeah. That, that bear hunting is super fun. I'm, I'm going to be doing some of that this fall too. So Looking really looking forward to that. This was a uh, definitely an episode of firsts. I got a keeper call for you, uh, okay. Chad. I got a keeper call for you. So I was looking through the archives of some of our older messages, and this one actually was just talking tangentially. But I'm going to switch it up for keeper call. Okay. So okay. you have this dog is just average. Okay, he's just a normal hunting dog. Nothing special. Nothing bad. Just whatever. But the colors are just so ugly. Like, <laughs> what? like what kind of guy you have to paint me in this picture? Well, and what that's subjective, right? So what's the yeah. ugliest dog you could think of? That's that's the question, right? Because this guy, right, so this guy had a, had a dog, huh? and it was hideous to him. Right. And he's like, I really just don't know if I should keep this dog or not. What would you guys do? Well, he was trying to sell it to us like through messenger yeah yeah he's like do you guys want this dog and we're like what and this is like from like 2000 like 19 okay this is a long time ago but (laughs) i love it he's ugly as heck yeah he's like he messaged us out of the blue just like i got this ugly dog do you guys want it and yeah i don't even know what kind of dog it was like it was just some kind of like i guess a pig dog because it didn't look like any kind of hound i've ever seen but do you keep the ugly dog chad or do you call it average if he's average (sighs) I don't know. It depends where I am in the kennels, I guess. You know, like if it, if I got a bunch of showstoppers that look good, no, I'm, they, he's probably gonna have to get cold. You know, uh, but that's a good point. It but depends on where hurting, you are in dogs. But yeah. yeah, but but if I'm hurting, no, nah, I might be able to make him my 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 best ugly dog, man. You, <laughs> you know, like maybe he's got something to prove. Maybe he'll work harder. You know, like 
There's there's uh, a dog in my in Pronto and Calypso's pedigree. She is named Ugly. That was her name. And Dean Bohan's like, that's the ugliest jip that ever lived. But she could go out and mow down a rabbit. So we yep. kept Buck her. Tooth fruit batters. What? <laughs> overbite, <laughs> just ugly, ugly. And uh, I have an yeah. overbite and an underbite at the yeah. same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So only a sidehound could make that creepy looking. But anyway, yeah. And he said she was great. So I feel bad for Calypso because she's so pretty. But I'm sure some of her sisters probably inherited that ugly gene. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, so I for say, me, if I got dogs, if I have, if I'm, if I'm. Dog proud, I got a bunch of them. Yeah, then he's gonna have to be a call. If I'm dog poor, I'll keep it. I'll keep it. You know, and put enough time into it. Maybe that ugly rascal will be a showstopper. You know, so like there you that. go. That sounds good to there me. Go. What I'm gonna you? say, I'm gonna say yes, exactly the same. If I if I need dogs, I keep. If I have exactly what you said, if I have bad dogs, I call Houndsman XP and see if they want to buy it. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, do you All got right. one, Chad? Yeah, yeah, let me see. I got one. All right, so this is one actually that's, you know, affecting my circle here a little bit. Where we got an old season dog. He's a really nice, you know, you know, champion of the yard type thing. Paid his dues. Not quite too old yet, you know, still 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 knocking it out. Um and through having to have a long life of dealing with puppies and training puppies and being tolerant of them and you know, for whatever reason, he just learned to be super tolerant of them and let them kind of let the puppies get away with, you know, biting him in the face and hanging off his ears and everything because he knew what right is. But every dog has a point when they're just done, you know, and he this dog has gotten to the point where he misses the correct amount of correction where he'll go from allowing obnoxious puppy behavior to the point he's going crazy. This dog's literally hanging off his ear. And then when he reaches a breaking point, he does, he does damage. He does. He he corrects harder than he should. Um, And uh, that, that can really affect a guy, you know, now if they're down on the ground, it's not going to affect you as much, but if they're in the dog box, that can really cause problems, you know? (laughs) So, um, so there you go. That's I guess what I'm trying to explain here. This is a seasoned dog paid his dues. Good dog. You know, really good dog, but um, we'll let and, and this this causes problems because it's better if a dog corrects them right off the bat. In my opinion, teaches the puppy I don't like quick. a dog that lets a puppy get away with murder because then that puppy does it with other dogs that'll yes. get them tuned up really quick. So this is a problem from both sides that this 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 dog will let the puppy get away with too much, which trains him to do that, and then when he's had enough, he misses the mark and overcorrects and and doesn't. We're not talking about killing it by any measure, but does too much cause damage. Yeah. Yeah. Putting so the there you go. What do you think? Keep her call. All right. So is this dog a kennel dog or is this dog a house dog? House dog. Mm, I was going to say, because it wouldn't be too hard to keep him separated from pups if he's a kennel dog. That's but right. If this is a house dog, this dog is going to, you want it. You've obviously built the bond with this dog. Damn. That's a tough one, man. If I was in that situation, which I know somebody who is in that situation, they keep, and I think I would too, because that dog paid its dues. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it was here first. If he's rough with pups, then just keep pups out of his face and, and figure it, figure it out. Somehow it was supervised when the pups are around him or, or, or man, I, I say keep, if you got a good dog, you got a good dog, man. And the way you yep. describe that dog, it's a great dog. And so it's mm-hmm. a champ. He was here first. 
You know, I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna have to just I'm it sucks. I'm kind of yeah. pissed about it. I got dogs here. I got one that's kind of a little punk with pups. He's a bully. He's very much low on the totem pole. And uh he's a brat. And when he thinks he's stronger than someone, he's kind of relentless in bullying them until that dog gets bigger and stronger than him. And then he's like a like a snide punk about it. You know what I mean? He's kind of a little like mm-hmm. a little ass about it. And so that's that's one of my one of my Salukis. He's kind of just small and he's a great dog, a great rabbit dog, but he's just a little punk around the house and for, for with the other dogs. He's wonderful yeah. people. And he's fine with other dogs. He's just a, a, a snot. But anyway, yeah, so he can be hard on puppies because he's like, oh, I'm bigger and stronger than you. I'm going to bully you, like play rough with you. And uh, anyway, that's the only problem I have right now with that. But I would keep, man, and just deal with it, figure it out. Somehow have to what do you, I mean, uh, what would you do in this situation, Chad? You got a lot more animal behavior than me. That's you're, you're almost exactly spot on the money with me. I, I, I eliminate interactions between the dog, you know, the adult dog and that puppy and put that puppy with as many other dogs that will correct him. Yes. The, you know, the second he starts to get out of line, um, and just swap them out. You know, add another one, next day add another one, next day add another one, and just keep that older male away until that pup kind of learns manners and boundaries and, you know, what's socially acceptable, you know, for hunting dogs. And then once they pass that mark, generally they get that figured out by six months, you know. And gotcha. uh, and then and then, you know, put them back together again and see where it goes from there, you know. This um, is another one that I uh, really wanted to bring up. I thought about it. Um, it, again, this is a modified keeper call from a question that actually came to Houndsman XP back in 2020. All but, right. okay, everyone, everyone, you've all heard this one. Oh, you know, Scooteroo's a great dog, except his annoying bark. He's got the most annoying, uh, howly, squeaky bark. Oh, I just hate it. Okay, I'm going to do this in reverse. Chad. You got a below average dog. He's not trash. He's not mean. He has no personality faults. He's just mediocre at hunting. He doesn't really want to start. He's a me too dog, but he has the most beautiful bay, the most beautiful tree. When he's got paws on the wood, it is just pure art. You could, he could be a cover shot on every magazine that ever lived with that beautiful sound. He would be the hound sound. Keeper Cole. Hmm. I'm gonna say call. I'm gonna say call. I'm gonna I'm gonna neuter them and and find them find them a good place where they need some stay on at tree dogs. I've run into that before where some folks have you know cold trailing, <clears throat> good cold trailing dogs that can track really well, and they'll hit the tree and then they'll bark for a while and then they want to go back to trailing, so they'll circle out and leave the tree, even not entirely. They aren't coming back to the handler or the trainer or anything. But they'll circle out a few hundred yards and hit the track again and bring it back in. And, you know, those dogs are, you know, to them, tip top. And they could benefit from a dog that was just going to keep its butt underneath that tree, no matter what the other dogs are doing, you know. And I feel that dog could could still lend a, a definitive hand in a home like that. I got, I got, I got, I got some that'll do the whole thing, you know. Uh, so I, that's really not going to fit. It's Rebar. really not gonna fit here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's gonna get it done. So, yeah, I, I'd probably, I'd probably neuter him and and find him a place where they need a stick to it, never leave it tree dog. You know, 
you know, you were talking about that dog that trails away. That's kind of what they were talking about with Heath's episode, uh, trailing off the charts where those dogs are like, and there was a question in the Hounds of XP group that was like, have you ever seen that where dogs are so obsessed with trailing that they don't tree very good? They like keep yep. leaving to go off and keep trailing. Yep. And they'll they like, want to run it. Yeah. They want to run it. You know, and especially if it's so way crazy. up at the top of a ponderosa where they can't see it, that's when it gets really hard. But I've even known of some to be in the slower trees where they could see it. And they're still just like, okay, we got this one. Let's go. Let's go push another one, you know? Um, and, you know, that's not ideal. Um, and it's easy for folks to say that, all right, let's get rid of that dog sometimes. But grinding out a cold track, you know, and I find, you know, sometimes when I have somebody point those dogs out to me, that that's generally what that is. That's just your sure enough cold trailing dog that's just going to grind out those old sandy rocky tracks and then you know just because they like that part of it so much yeah yeah. and then once they get to the tree they're like i want to get back to pushing it you know so i find that happens sometimes you know and then that to me that's that's the hard part personally i can find a dog that'll you know sound like a wretched you know uh, a metronome at the bottom of a tree you know and just bark a tap 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 and not leave it like i find that mark easier to hit than the then the cold nose, I'm never going to quit this track kind of dog. So I think as I've aged in this lifestyle, I've, and this comes from great mentors as well, kind of shaping my thinking as well as firsthand accounts, but I'm not really interested in finding quote unquote, the perfect dog. Cause like, I don't think those exist. I like to build a team, man. I like the They're perfect rare. team. And so yeah. when you were talking about how like I'd send him to a home, <clears throat> excuse me, They'd send him to a home where they he would benefit that maybe if a pack was too obsessed with trailing. And that's what I think is like, wow, it's amazing how in a pack, everybody's not just physical traits, but personalities play a role in success. You know, and I really love I love putting together those teams, basically. Mm. And and in a sighthound pack, it's the same as a sendhound pack. You got personalities and physical abilities and athletic traits that all balance with each other to make this perfect team you know and uh, you know to hammer down on that sometimes that one dog that one good tree dog sometimes it's not okay so he could stay there when the others leave no sometimes that one he has so much intensity at the bottom of the tree he'll keep the others there you know like his enthusiasm is contagious yeah that can happen if they're just eating the chewing the tree down jumping (laughs) falling out of it climbing up on it as long as he's respectful and it doesn't you know uh isn't tree aggressive which i absolutely cannot stand uh that'll that'll get called faster than anything you know dog box fighting and tree fighting i can't uh, no i I don't do aggression of any kind yeah but but if that dog's doing backflips at the bottom sometimes it'll keep those you know other dogs there you know so he can you know he can make your 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 great dogs perfect almost Mm. you know so back to what you're saying sometimes it's hard to find the perfect dog but you know, sometimes a team can make it perfect. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, just like with people. Yep. <laughs> all right. This is going to be an easy, quick one. That's what's the name of your hardest tree and dog of all time? Gosh. Um, it's going to sound weird, but it's like hardest tree. I like the, the long end stuff. I, I, okay. If it's any kind of endurance, like, okay, he's going to have to hit that tree and stay there for. Four hours or, you know, five hours or something like that. Okay, hounds, and I got one that that, that would do that, you know. 
Um, probably, hmm, probably a dog I got named Rusty. He's a he's a brother to Rebar. Probably Rusty. Rusty. Yeah. yeah, probably probably Rusty. Um, but if it's just intensity in the first like thirty minutes, it's gonna sound weird, but it's 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 Haggis, man. <laughs> Haggis is nuts. Haggis tries to chew the dang tree down in the first thirty minutes, and he he's a metronome like. He just won't they like when do you breathe, man? You know, like when do you breathe? Yeah, I don't I like there the air has to come in before it can go out. It's like somebody's behind him with just like an air compressor shit I don't I don't know. But honestly, if it was just like, you know, like in the first 30 minutes, I'd say haggis, honestly. But if it's you know, hour or something like that, or I did. Yeah, I'd have to go to Rusty personally. You know, I don't remember this. I don't remember the exact time, but I know that there was an episode with Mike Colley, uh Chris's friend, Hog Hunter in Louisiana. Said he had dogs have a pig at bay for like twenty hours. They or can. Something. It's it's so loose. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So crazy. It's it's loose though. That's what's neat about it. Like it'll bark, and then uh, maybe another bark. You know, like it, and they'll just move around them. You know. Uh. I've had a buddy do that before where he bait uh, a set of pigs and then left because he had a family emergency. And I don't want to get into that because it's really personal. Um, but he called around and left text messages and nobody responded to him. And he had to go to the hospital. He just left, you know. And uh, uh, yeah. one of our other mutual friends went out there. And he it was like eight hours later or something like that. And it was uh, three curs. And they were all laid down. And they had it backed into it was like underneath an overpass, you know. But where it was like just had him, on man. the other side. And yeah, they were just laying down and barked like once every five minutes, you know, like he's, <laughs> is that he, he went in there and like came down, tried to call him out. They wouldn't come out. He went in there, saw the pig, ran back up to his truck. He had a dog with him, sent the bulldog down in there and caught it. But like, yeah, it was like, he says they were barking like once every five minutes, you know, like, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. And he said he, 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 the reason it was that way is because the, I guess the Garmin collars were bouncing around a little bit. So he didn't have an exact pinpoint location. Mm-hmm. So he's walking around down there for a little while trying to find them, which allowed him to like hear the bark, but like, okay, where, where did that echo? Where the Where'd hell did it come from? Exactly. Yeah. You know, like and he, he says he's down there for like 15 minutes. He probably only heard him bark three times, you know? Holy <laughs> so, crap. Yeah. So I, you know, that's not quite as long as what you said there, you know, but I can believe it. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. Um, when I was in Canada, Lloyd told me that they had a Carillion, no, a Leica named Cinder that followed a bear for three days. It stayed right behind the bear, followed it for three days. They caught him because he, he didn't want to get caught. And then he fell out of Garmin range. And they couldn't find him. And then they found him later and he was mm. still on the bear. <laughs> I can imagine him even taking pit stops, taking a break, sleeping oh, for I'm a bit, sure. going back up again, yeah. you know, like. Uh, they don't know what happened, but he, they turned him out on a brown, like a cinnamon bear, and they found him three days later, and he's still behind a cinnamon bear. Is that so, right? <laughs> yeah, they were just like, dang, we don't know how far or long he followed that thing. His collar was dead. Regar- they, yeah, regardless, even if you were like, okay, like how do I how do I take away from this real quick and say, all right, maybe he fell off of it and it was stuck down in the canyon overnight and then crossed paths with that bear again and got back on it. Yeah, like, I mean, they have then, no idea. That's still awesome. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? Like, that, you're like I'll I'll take it. No matter so like, real. that story down anyhow. I, it's yeah. still amazing. You know? He's so real and soft spoken. He wasn't like, 
yeah, Cinder was, you know, 200 barks a minute for three days straight. He's just like, he got on this bear. We couldn't catch him. We found him three days later. He was still on a bear. And we were just like, Mm -hmm. damn, okay, next, next. You know what I mean? Like going, Mm -hmm. moving on. I was Mm -hmm. like, damn, that's so crazy. So anyway, we got a... We got another great guest coming up here. He's been uh, he's been on Houndsman XP before, but I met him at the Terrier Trials, and you've known him for a million years. And he gets to bring animals to work, and not all of us get to do that. And he actually gets to use his dog at work. At work, man. Make a living off his dogs, yeah. Yeah, so we'll let this segment run with Mr. Sladen, and uh, he's going to talk. And what I loved about Tyler is that, you know, he didn't want to make this a documentary. He wanted to just tell us how he uses the dogs briefly. But really what I loved about it is it was a ton of funny stories and crazy yeah. stories. And uh, he sent us some pictures, everybody. So after you hear some of those stories, you're going to be like, man, I want to see that. You will. They're going to be posted. So you'll get to see all them. That's pretty cool stuff. So uh, let's just run right into it, brother. Let's do it. All right. Chad. Chris said I have a radio voice. Do you think that's true? golden radio voice i'd say (laughs) lies lies i think i sound the exact same um nasally baritone personally (laughs) nasally baritone huh yes yes so well speaking of smooth bass instead of nasally baritone we got ourselves a dandy guest a return guest for houndsman xp uh he's been on tailgate talks he's been on patreon content he's been on main episodes and he's Chad's good friend. Why don't you introduce yourself, brother? Uh, my name's Tyler Sladen. I own a nuisance wildlife business. We use hawks and terriers in the workplace. Um, I'm also a falconer, and I own a pile of bird dogs as well as terriers. And I just picked up a saluki. Nice. Oh, you're coming to the dark side. You're getting yourself you a, corrupted a, a, another chupa, one. a chupacabra. <laughs> T- tell me about your saluki, bud. Um, so I've been waiting like six years to get one, um, as you do with me <laughs> and I finally was deemed cool enough by the syndicate and they granted me one puppy and, uh, I only had to give up <laughs> born. Um, and so I'd like to eventually fly a goshawk over a Saluki on jackrabbits. Um, but you need the dogs before the goshawk. So got to start somewhere. Nice. Um, where do you do you catch your goshawk in the wild, or are you gonna like have a like so? My my, one, I guess. my previous one was pulled from the Sandia Mountain Range. Um, my next one I'd like to pull from the Gila. So what's the difference? There is none, but it's okay. it, it's experience finding a nest out there and seeing more of New Mexico's wilderness. I got my mind blown. I've learned so much about falconry being in the show and knowing Chad and Paul Domsky, but like I didn't realize you could catch one in the wild and have it theoretically hunting for you in two weeks that's so crazy that's so crazy yeah no you totally can and then i mean there's just like with dogs with birds there's a million ways to raise them so yes you could go trap a wild one or you could pull a wild one and hand raise it it just really depends on what kind of work you want to put in and what outcome you want so Hmm. um i hand-raised birds that think they're part human um i do appreciate trapping birds and letting them go um i think borrowing a bird from the wild for a year is really cool it's just uh yeah that's what i want to do if i ever got a falconry i want to catch a sub-adult 
hunt it for a while and be like, be free. I don't want you anymore. <laughs> like, you know, so that'd be cool. That that's the imagine if you could do that with our dogs. You know what I mean? Like you're just like, all right, good job, Strider. Be yeah, free. Like, that, <laughs> like finding a dog free in the wild doing what you wanted to do already and you're like i'm gonna borrow you i'll i'll, I'll pay your food bill for a few years yeah and, and then just like all right and, and, eh, all right bye so when i started working for houndsman xp a fan sent me a magazine article from field and stream in like the 50s and there was a guy that went to namibia and bought two cheetah brothers brought them back to new mexico and he hunted pronghorn coyotes and hares with those things on some of the same fields that i hunt with my side hounds today and he talked about how they Chad is getting ideas. He just moved in on the mic. He's like, Oh yeah. That, his I, eyebrows I, furrow. That'd be awesome. Chad <laughs> thinking. There's, <laughs> another, there's, another, there's a few books on it. There's a, a sporting chance, which every hunter should read. And then there's tales of an Indian prince. He, uh, he took cheetahs and like hunted stuff with them in Africa. That's so dope. Yeah. He said, um, after those cheetahs died, he's like, I'm never owning them again. I'm going back to dogs. He's like, because they're just, they're cats, you know? And and he said that there's a lot of parallels between owning those cheetahs and the falconry. Like, you know, they're just temperamental. You need to watch their weight more. Their food is a little more complicated, a lot more complicated. It's not just like putting kibble in a bowl for them and being like, good boy. And like, go get them, you know? Like, <laughs> And so yeah. um, it's, uh, anyway, it was amazing. He said that it could catch its hairs. In under 30 seconds, 95% of the time, one-on-one. And he said that if it couldn't catch the hair in under 45 seconds, it would give up. So I was like, that's crazy. I mean, he mow them down, though. And he said his best thing to hunt was pronghorn. He said that thing was a really fun to hunt pronghorn with. And I was like, that's, that is badass. <laughs> like, I would love yeah. to do that. Chad, let's do it. <laughs> That'd be yeah. fantastic. I'd love to just fire him out of a minivan. Just like open the sliding <laughs> door, you know? Like, Your yeah, dog rig is a minivan? <laughs> yeah. You, you could give it like a like a four or five inch lift, you know? It'd be nice. <laughs> Dude, I always <laughs> wanted an El Camino as a coyote hunting rig. I thought that'd be go. the best. A, an El Camino with a dog box in the back. There's nothing more southern New Mexico than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me, remember when we were on the phone, Chad, and the uh, the dude named Haas with his El Camino pulled up yes. on me? Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I was trapping his pigeons. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's it was great. a big interaction. I was just driving down the street and this El Camino cuts me off. Like he was going to fight me. And I was like, Oh God, here I go. And Chad's in my ear on like an AirPod, And I'm like getting ready to do, I need to pull a gun. And he like gets out. And he's like, Hey, you dropping pigeons. And I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, Oh, I got some racers right over there. And, uh, <laughs> I so love I New Mexico. <laughs> you're not trapping my pigeons and then and then i think i don't know i think i remember like four or five times him going my name's hass <laughs> just, just randomly yeah he didn't had want to forget his name he had el an el camino with like curtains in the back window and like hell sugar yeah <laughs> that's uh that's hella dreamy look if you were okay tyler you're you're a New Mexico boy. You understand what I'm saying. You're you're going out on a date. Things are going good in the bar. She's like, "Hey, let's go back to my place." You come back out of the bar. You go out in the parking lot. She's driving a tricked out lowrider El Camino with shades on the back window. You can't tell me that's not a good sign. <laughs> it's not a good time. It at least makes a good story. And I always say, to do what makes the better story. 
my buddy one time he took a girl home and he they were a little they were a little drunk okay and uh he woke up and she was carving a upside down cross in his arm with a bowie knife (laughs) and so yeah things didn't go well they're not together but that happened he's got the scar on his arm still but he's like he got a campfire story for the rest of his life. Exactly. That's like his favorite thing to tell. Because <laughs> everyone sees a scar and they're like, what happened, man? He's like, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> so. They're like that or like like Magic the Gathering cards or something. Like you have a hand of them and you like, all right, I'm going to play this this story at this this event. <laughs> That's a very niche metaphor. I, I wonder how many HXP fans are Magic the Gathering fans, which... <laughs> I myself am one. Okay. I love magic. I got a rat deck. Uh, rats are the best. Sorry, Chris. You're wrong. <laughs> but anyway, we are going off. All right. So um, this is the beauty of All Mixed Up. Uh, this month, you guys, our theme is animals in the workplace. And everybody knows Tyler Sladen online. Tyler, you're a pretty famous guy for a lot of reasons. But you posted a video. Chad posted a video. I think one of you posted a video of it, of your terrier getting down in the workplace. And I met you at the terrier trials in Tyler, Texas. And you had one, I think you had the terrier that was in that video Mm -hmm. at the, at the trials. Tell us about your dog first. Tell us what you love about terriers and tell us why you think they're great in the workplace. So what I love most about terriers is the people, honestly, that they bring you to meet. It's just the most one-off niche dogmen you'll ever meet and they're always down to have a good time there's no right or wrong way to do anything but what i love about terriers is they can do just about a little bit of everything there's like there's no dog event you can't bring a terrier to and have fun and for me that's that's hard to beat and then the camaraderie when you're when you're hunting terriers with a bunch of buddies like that that is that one's really hard to beat but then in the workplace they're small they get down they're they're able to get in places i can't and then it's fun. Like it makes my job fun. Like I can go in an attic and I can inspect and I can find a raccoon. Yes. I can use thermal imaging. I can do all that. Or I can cut a terrier loose and they're going to tell me in 30 seconds if there's a raccoon in that attic and it's going to save me time. My dog got work. The people never forget it. I have oh, true. I run into the grocery store and they're like, Oh, you had the, you had that little dog. It, it ran through my attic and found a raccoon. And then you catch both. <laughs> And then you were gone that day. Like they'll never like to them. That's probably the craziest thing that's ever happened to them in their lives. Whereas like, that's a normal Tuesday for me. And yeah. Any houndsman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I love it. Um, so right now I've got two terriers. I've got mouse and Aja. Mouse is off getting bread in Kentucky. So I had Aja the other day and a uh, guy called me and a raccoon attacked his dog and the dog, the other dog helped tree it up in the gutter. And he called me. And he's like, I got a raccoon on my roof. I want it gone right now. I was like, well, I charge extra, but I'm going to come out and I'm going to use dogs. But I will get it gone right now. Most companies use traps. And it might take a couple of days. They might fail. I can guarantee it's going to get caught. So I went out there. I came over the backside of the roof, hoping the raccoon would either run, try to run through me and I'd catch bullet. No big deal. But I thought it was going to bail. So I had Aja staged on the ground. And it supermaned off the roof. And as soon as it hit the ground, Aja tackled it like a freight train. And <laughs> funny, because when I pulled up, the, the homeowner was like, that little Yorkie's not going to 
deal with this coon. <laughs> that little Yorkie. <laughs> yeah, this coon just messed up his like pit mix looking thing. And here's Aja, like 16 pounds, freshly stripped. She looks tiny. And uh, he's like, that Yorkie is not going to do anything. And I was like, all right, bet. And uh, I didn't say nothing. I didn't. I, I was like, I'll just let the dog talk. And uh, she locked teeth with it and then held onto its throat until I was able to climb off the roof run around and then grab it by the tail. And then my buddy, Chris, who was with me, he was, uh, the way Aja had it, they were balled up and you couldn't get a catch pull around its neck because it was like a yin and yang of their, they had each other's necks. And so I, I had it by the tail and I was able to like discreetly collar choke my dog off of it. And then I had both the dog and the coon by a tail in each hand while Chris was able to slip the catch pull around the coon and then slam it into a trap. And then, so in the, in the process of that, I threw her back in the truck and in the video, you just hear her guttural banshee screaming. And that's usually why I like using mouse more for work. Cause Aja, once she's on, she's on and she sounds like the, like an exorcism is going on. Like, <laughs> like a belt slipping in your truck or something. Swiping <laughs> the credit card and getting their email to send them a receipt for this experience that they just witnessed. Um, I think four or five neighbors came out. We're like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Fox fine. Coon's in a cage. He's alive. I got to go by. Damn. Yeah. And that's the, that was like 50% of the sounds at the terrier trials was just Banshee screaming terriers. <laughs> oh yeah. And they're winding pigs from across the ground. They, they sound crazy. And those dogs get wild. Terriers are okay. So I've seen Chad's terriers get down and when I did that, it really did. If I'm going to get into any other, I thought I was going to do beagles. If I ever got into a different kind of hound. No, I'm not. Cause that's not possible where I live. I'm going to get a set of yogs, dude. Cause there's so many miles of canals, you know, you know how Southern New Mexico is. is for days. Yeah, ex- exactly. Hunting a all day long and everyone's cool with it. And I, it's 10 minutes right down, down in the Valley, right here on the Rio Grande. And anyway, I loved watching, t- uh, Chad just kick those little monsters out and they just get busy. You know what I mean? I love that. And they're freaking fearless. They're beasts. That's really, it's really fun. (laughs) And even like when I'm running my bird dogs, like terriers, they'll retrieve birds and they'll help flush. And, uh, they love, they love picking up crippled quail. And then the other one is, uh, if you're running sighthounds, they're, they're good little flushers too. I mean, they're only this crazy guy says right here. (laughs) <laughs> they give voice that's my favorite thing about them they they stay busy getting all the bushes and if they see one everybody knows about it there's nobody that's like oh i i wonder if there's a rabbit over there you know no, it's, everybody knows and they know which way it's going you know it it, it works i've seen chad sidehounds literally just they don't even see it they just run towards the screaming chatterbox <laughs> yeah chad hunts in a place where you need a screaming yeah yeah, Chad, Chad hunts in a place where you need a screaming chatterbox to be like, he's right here. Because, man, it's tough where Chad hunts. It's tough. It's hard on horse. Yeah, <laughs> with an elevated position. <laughs> well, and that was one thing I, I wanted to ask you. I'm going to ask you some tough questions. I, I like to ask hard questions, Tyler. But tell me what you think the dog brings to the table that makes it an effective way to augment your pest control job. So... They can get in places I can't. They can, they're no, I mean, the government spend millions trying to replicate a dog's nose. They, my, I, I trust my dogs. They're, if my dog's open, 
I know they're not lying to me. They will not lie to me. And if they did, they wouldn't live here. Um, I can cut them loose in an attic. And if they, they get hung up on a corner and start screaming, I know for without a sh- like a shred of doubt that there's a raccoon in that soffit over there. And I can at least tell that customer there is a raccoon there. We need to set traps. We need to trap it if the dogs can't get it. And so that saves me thousands of hours and thousands of dollars of most of my work is closing up animal damage. So if I close up animal damage and there's one raccoon left, they're going to make a lot more damage. And so the dogs give me a huge peace of mind. So that right there is priceless. And then it it, it really solidifies the customer experience. They're going to remember the company that came with the dog. Mm-hmm. Everyone. That's a great point. I never thought so of it like as a last, marketing. So like a last check after you, you know, I like think you got it all handled. You can run the dog through just to make sure there isn't one more critter way back under the thing that's going to, like you said, like, can't they like chew their way out of like a roof through like the plywood through the shingles and all that? Yeah, I've had them go straight through the deck board. Um, I've seen where homeowners locked raccoons in and they, or they locked like a mother raccoon out and her baby's in and the raccoon took the ridge vent and peeled it like a tuna can behind their roof. Wow. Like that's, it's, it's a couple grand damage right there. I've seen them come through, um, stove vents right into the, the kitchen. I've seen them come through bathroom van, uh, fans where a uh, handy dandy homeowner locks them in. And then the raccoon's like, I'm coming out. And the <laughs> weakest point is a recessed light or a vent. And they go to go to the bathroom the next morning. And there's a raccoon in the bathroom, like partying. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, what do you, Okay. So when you use the dogs, do you you have to tell your you know client that off the bat? Have you ever had people be like, "No, I don't want that." In in nine years of doing it with dogs in customers' homes, I've never been told no once. Dang, that's awesome. That's awesome, and a, and a great ambassador for Part our. Life show. I do more. I I have a huge disclaimer. I'm like, it's going to be loud. It might not go how I want it to go. The animal will be handled, or I will know there's an animal here. Like every now and then they think it's a raccoon ends up being a bird and it's really hard for, yeah, you would be blown away what people confuse sometimes. And it's very hard to catch a sparrow and not kill it, you know? But but didn't that just happen the other day too? Like, I mean, it literally just happened the other day. They thought there was a squirrel in their chimney. And so it was like a metal chimney, but once they got above the smoke shelf, they could fall into a void on both sides of where the metal chimney was, or the metal fireplace was fitted into the chimney. So there was no human access without cutting through metal to get to what that was. But my dog could get in there, and my dog Dang. did. Catching it, it was a curved bill thrasher, and we were able, we were able to get it out. And we were able to to let it go. But yeah, it's it, we thought it was a squirrel. That's crazy. It, it would have turned into bird soup in there. Yeah. That'd have been gross. You imagine the smell too. Those thrashers are neat little birds, and they're really good at getting into crevices like that. So, anyway, yeah. That and that, here, here's another one. Have you? Okay, so I'm going to ask you first of all, what is the best experience you've ever had using the dogs in your work? Like, tell me a great experience where you just felt unbelievably proud, or or it's just great. Um, there was. There was one where they were in a garage. Uh, it was two raccoons in a garage, and uh, I thought it was one. And so 
put the dog in there the dog goes in there it's not gonna no dog on earth is gonna bay up two raccoons so the first raccoon bails and out the soffit into the neighbor's yard my one dog bails out the soffit with it and just locked it up in the neighbor's yard and then i see the second raccoon and i had two dogs with me and i I cut the second dog loose same thing locked up with it and i was able to catch two raccoons same day charge 500 bucks and they were able to go back to their fourth of july barbecue and the raccoons were no longer in this garage um so to go in there and catch two raccoons, nothing got away. Even though the raccoon bailed off a second story soffit, my dog bailed with it and caught it. <laughs> That's such a terrier move, though. And it, was a very, <laughs> it was a very New Mexico ordeal. Um, <laughs> the, guy, the guy, he said, hey, uh, the terrier is shit hot, huh? And uh, he, he loved it. He's <laughs> like, That's the shit hot terrier I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then he rolls out in his El Camino. <laughs> Yeah, he, he went back drinking his all subs cup. Mm, mm, that's a quick way to get. Okay, all my New Mexico people, you're gonna know what I'm talking about. And Tyler, you're gonna know what I'm talking about. Why is every all subs bathroom disgusting? Even brand new all subs bathrooms, I walk in there, it's the worst experience of my life. Are they just built to just house like, meth heads? Like, they're just the greasiest bathrooms on earth. Even the. <laughs> You can smell the fabuloso from the pump. Yeah, fabuloso, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, do you eat the chimichangas? I do eat the chimichangas. Yeah, me too. When I'm like, mm, you know what sounds good today? Diarrhea. I'm gonna eat some chimichangas. <laughs> I don't. Care. Yeah, like I'm not above Roach Coach food. I'm not above. Well, you better not be where you live, son. That's like a staple out there. <laughs> if I if I eat Roach Coach food, I can't. Turn my nose up at chimichanga at Allsips. That's true. Allsips is just like a like a Seven Eleven of New Mexico, everybody. But it's just they're so hood. They're always so hood every time. Anyway, I'm grinning too much. I was gonna ask yeah. you another question. What What is the worst experience you've ever had using dogs at work? And I and you can interpret that however you want. Worst as in bad experience, disgusting, crazy, because. I also want to ask you, what's the craziest house you've ever been in? But first, what's the worst experience you've ever had? The worst, you can go multiple ways. I had one where my dogs let me down, but it wasn't that my dogs let me down, really. It was I let myself down. It was a fox den on um, a botanical garden. I'll, I'll redact which botanical garden, but I cut the dog loose in the fox den and I put a fishing net because it was all I had over the den hole and i was like well i got this either way i'm either gonna dig to this fox and catch this fox or i'm catching the net fox jumped right over the dog's head shot through the net like the net wasn't there and just ran right by me and the uh facilities maintenance manager and i was like "Ooh, um yeah so about my confidence um yeah we did go back the next day and catch it but it was it was very and then there was another one where uh only time I've ever fallen through a ceiling in my life. Um, <laughs> dog, dog caught the raccoon, and uh, what's it called? The raccoon was running towards me, and the dog was had it by the ribs and was trying to get to the neck. And mind you, it's an attic, so that, and this was like a very not built to code garage attic, and the stud, the distance between studs was not 
not six on center. It wasn't 12 on center. It was like 30 on center. And <laughs> it's very oh. hard to balance on that. And uh, raccoon's running at me. Dog's got it by the ribs. And the raccoon runs up me with a dog attached. Oh, my God. So I like basketball, like double-handed fast past it, like away from me because I'm not wearing a raccoon hat. That's not the <laughs> hat I want to wear. And when I did that, the raccoon and the dog fell through the ceiling together. Oh, and uh, so I didn't really fall through the ceiling, but either way, something went through the ceiling. And uh, they were really cool about it. I didn't charge them. I was willing. I I helped them rehang the the drywall and fix it. But it's the only time that it ever happened. And like my goal is not to make a bigger mess than the animal was causing. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I was very like fly by the seat of my pants moment, but I was not wearing a raccoon hat and I'd rather hang some sheets of drywall on a janky garage. It's not like, yeah, Yeah, that's crazy. What is the most gnarly house you've ever been in? Like you walked in there and you saw the raccoon damage or whatever damage. And you were just like, holy crap. One second. Let me, let me help them real quick. They got, they got puppies in there. No problem. Uh, what was what was the last yeah, so, question? Uh, what have you ever been into? What is the house you've been into that you're just like, it's a night like gross or crazy? Like I want it because when I watch those crazy hoarding shows on TLC, I want to see a house that like you open the door and there's like 15 cat mummies and like. Tyler's um or a uh, uh, Chad is a mummy of roaches. Like, what is the craziest animal wildlife damage to a home or whatever you've ever seen? Uh, so wildlife damage to a home. I, I've been in countless hoarding situations, like in it, and some of those are just sad, man. But wildlife damage, a tree fell. Mind you, there's like. Probably a 4,500 square foot home. Two people lived in it. Very dirty people. Had to have inherited it. There's no way anyone that paid money for this house let it get this way. A tree fell through half the house on a wing that they don't use. And they just took the insurance money and like didn't get it fixed or something. And raccoons and possums were just living in this house. What? And we, went, <laughs> we were able to go in. This is when I had docks and we were able to go in and catch... I think it was like three or four raccoons, a possum, whole litter of babies, all what? like wing of a house. Yeah. Wildlife was living in this, in the living quarters of the house, not the attic, not the crawl space. They're in was, rooms. There was um, like Chinese elm trees starting to grow in the carpet. Like, yeah, no, like wildlife has, was reclaiming this wing of the house. And they were like, yeah, we were going to get to it. Like, when man there's like the trees are growing <laughs> through your floor like, elms growing like that took at least two years oh my god i mean chinese elms are an unbelievably invasive species i didn't think they could grow in a house <laughs> like the leaf litter they were growing in the leaf litter on top of the carpet that had fallen through the house yeah that what? was in mis- oh my god and so do you had you had dachshunds at that time were the dachshunds like the yogs or like did they perform the similar duty like i just now that i've seen those dogs in action i just can't imagine anything being better than them like, no they're not pretty um they're more like they'll they'll go in and bite and mix and bay but their noses are every bit as good sometimes even a little bit i wouldn't say their noses are better they're just 
they're they're more like a beagle than they are a terrier at times and they just follow that and then they're tiny like some i had a little female named wing she was six pounds so i don't really hurt a fighter raccoon but she could get some places wow dang it was like it was the closest thing to legal ferreting i could find (laughs) (laughs) i love that dude That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. They didn't work as well. Um, rabbit tracks don't... Rabbits are way faster out here. Rabbits don't creep through cover here like they do in Missouri. Yeah, uh, for sure. So a dachshund was just about useless here. So I, I ended up selling my dachshunds. My best male got killed, and then I, I had a tackle I sold as well. Um, they worked incredibly well in Missouri. They just didn't... They were just basically like loud coyote food here. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I actually know a buddy who, um, uh, shout out to a great friend of, of the show, Adrian, he had a beagle get killed by a coyote. And I was really worried about that because they're so loud and, and there's just so many coyotes out here. I believe it. I have, I posted that video a few years ago, a coyote coming in from a thousand yards, creeping in. I have it all on video and it jumps on the back of an English setter. So what? like a 35 pound dog. 40 pound 35 pound dog that stands 23 at the shoulder no care two humans right there what yep and and it's this like is, is this in a suburb like in a semi like suburban area or is this like totally wild desert west mesa of albuquerque you can see i-40 and on the horizon. okay yeah so they're used to people because the, 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 the yeah that's crazy i want to see that I video son <laughs> i want to see that video son <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll send you the video it was four in the afternoon and I, I was like, oh, look at this coyote. It's being bold. And then, like, it starts coming in. And then I was like, once I saw a lock in, I was like, it was my buddy Chris's dog. I was like, that, it's going to, it's going to get, it's going to bite your dog. And sure as shit, it did. The setter was just doing a setter thing, running back and forth looking for birds, and a coyote jumps on its back. Did the setter just freak out or what happened? Like, what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I just imagine Dandy and a coyote throwing down. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that wouldn't be good. I don't know if he'd come back from that. No, Dapper. <laughs> Sorry, Dapper. Dapper. Oh, yeah. 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 But anyway, that's what you need Haggis for. <laughs> there you go. Good luck with that, you know. <laughs> but I don't think they'd mess with him, though. That's the problem. The ones that can whoop them, generally, they don't. They they know. They have a sense for it, you know. Yeah, they have like, a sense for it. They, like, know what they can handle. Well, that's why they're not dead. <laughs> yeah. They're really good at that wild animals. Well, cool. Chad, what am I missing, bro? I was going to say, I got a funny story about, you know, kind of doing some of the abatement stuff way back when with uh, Terry's. I never did it for a living. It was just a buddy. who's was like, hey, I need this out of my, you know, my uh, camp house, you know, up in the attic. And it was, we couldn't even get in there, you know. So we did what we called uh, like raccoon fishing where I had a dog, Missy, at that point, And I clipped the leash to her collar. And then, like, half-hitched it around her waist, you know? And then I knew as long as she was barking, she didn't have the raccoon. So you just kind of ease her up into the attic, you know? And, uh, you, you like, the raccoon was there. There wasn't much room to go, you know, much, much room to get around or get tied up in anything. But as soon as you heard the, the, you know, like, it got quiet. Then you knew she had a hold of something. So you just start fishing the rope back out. And if it ever started screaming again, you know, the dog lost it, you let it go. You know, and the dog would reattach itself to the raccoon awesome. and you could just fish these little raccoons out, you know? Um, that is awesome. Uh, yeah, that that was some of my most fun. Tyler, didn't you do with uh, like a handful of like a litter of raccoons where mom had abandoned shop and left them in there and you're Yeah. Was that buttons? I don't know if it was buttons or mouse. I think it was I don't mouse. remember. 
Yeah, I, I had tied, you told me, called you, and you're like, just tie a rope around her, send her down the chimney, and Mouse pulled out a whole litter of raccoons. I mean, <laughs> I say, like magnet fishing. <laughs> yeah. I used my live lure to fish for raccoons. No, they were like half growns. So they were the age where they still have teeth, but they're like real rowdy. And Mouse just went down there and grabbed them. And I'd bring her up the chimney and I'd, I'd grab them and put them in a trap. There was another one. Uh, Chad gave me a dog named Buttons years ago, probably like five, six years ago. And uh, she was like the most thousand mile stare, like Marine veteran type yag I've ever had, like void of personality. She was just straight business. Like if, if she wasn't killing, she didn't care. But you had to call her, choke her off stuff. So I sent her under a, a house one time. Guy wanted to skunk because he was gonna oh. demo. He was he was doing something. He needed the skunk out from under there. And I, normally, I would never send a dog after a skunk on purpose, but I was like, whatever. Buttons will do it. So I sent <laughs> buttons. She just snatched it up, and I fished her out with a skunk and um, got the skunk out, got the skunk away alive, and put it in a trap. And then I uh, is it spraying everywhere while you're doing this? So they don't like they don't spray like a hose. It's more like a, like a if you like hit like a bag and like it'll it'll just like spray like a few like droplets and it'll just keep doing that. So it's not like once once one sprays out, it's like whatever, I don't care. And then afterwards, uh, I went to Walmart, ditched my clothes in the trash can at the changing room, and just left with brand new Walmart clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, again welcome to New Mexico. You just walk by and you're like, "Ow, that trash can stinks like skunks." Hmm, oh well. <laughs> I thought I was just smoking a pound of weed or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's I was gonna ask. <laughs> I was gonna ask like, what's the most unique animal you've caught with the terriers? I think I know the answer to this one already, but I'm curious. They're like. You know, so raccoons, possum, feral cats, blah 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 blah. You know, but like, let's let's get exotic for a second. What have, what have, what have you nabbed with them? Uh, it was that hoarding situation. I went in, lady yep. said, she said there was a lemur, and I knew right away that my eyes, like when she called, my my eyebrows damn near hit my hairline. I was like lemur, like I knew what it was. It yeah, was yep. for your ringtail. I got there, and I was all excited to catch it, and I look in the house, and it looked like you couldn't see. If you stood at any of the walls, you couldn't see the other walls. It was just books and boxes. Luckily, it wasn't like a dirty hole. Like, it was dusty, kind of dirty, but it wasn't like food waste and stuff. Yeah, it, it was filth. Yeah. It was just like paperwork, but like stacked to the ceiling. And like, none, none of it was like conveniently organized or anything. But there was a damn ringtail cat. And I, I tried for like, I don't know, 20 minutes to catch it by myself. And it, mind you, it's like nine o'clock at night. So I was like, do you mind if I use my dog? She might hurt it. I don't know. Um, but we could be done here in like five minutes. I let Mouse out. And uh, man, this thing started like monkeying off the, the ceiling fans. And, <laughs> and they do this like, they have this musk to them. And they'll deposit the musk where they're sitting. And the dog won't leave it. And you can see the ringtail on the other side of the room. And the dog is just fixated on this like musk spot and they're the smelliest little creatures like they smell as bad as badgers wow and, like a like a ninja vanish type thing they'll squirt and take off and then yeah. like whatever they leave behind is they can't they can't go buy it they can't so leave that, it. That, that that squirt is like a defense 
Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it's crazy yeah, magnetic it's to predators. They just can't get enough of it. Yeah. It was like catnip for a dog. Like the, and the mouse is very trained. Mouse has been doing this six years and I can call her off raccoons and pigs verbally. No e-collars, nothing. And I could not get her to leave these like musk stains. But this eventually, is blowing my mind. I did not yeah, know this. And Chad said it was going to happen. I didn't believe him, but I, I saw firsthand that it How would. Did you know that, Chad? Because I, I caught one in my shop. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, they they do a squirt thing. My my story was kind of funny too. Is it uh, catch a lot of rabbits doing falconry, you know? And I would gut them and throw them. You know, it was freezing out. You know, like ten degrees. So you just kind of gut them into this trash can for the guts you know and they freeze and it doesn't stink and everything like that and then i would come back and like the little intestines with the little poop balls would like hung like garland you know like christmas garland from the stuff in my shop i was like what the hell is going on you got a serial here, killer know? out here is what yeah you got. <laughs> like somebody's coming into my shop and putting stuff around so um one day i just was like all right i've had it i closed the garage and went in with my terriers you know and they they, they treed up on top of a shelf um, like a big three prong shelf, and I just grabbed one and threw her up on top, you know. And then down came the ring tailed cat, and that dog was stuck up there. She wasn't leaving nothing anymore, you know. And my other one caught it behind, like a stack of plywood back behind it, and we had caught it, got rid of it, you know. We're like in the process of like taking a tailgate picture kind of thing, and they were like, "Wait a second, you know, like where's the other dog?" She was still up there going to town on like a bunch of game bird netting. Yeah, there's a bunch of game bird netting that was up there where it had squirted on it, and she was d- digging in it, trying to find out where it had gone inside it. You know, they do that like teeth chatter thing that they do when a like a female's in heat, but they're like doing that to the musk spot, and they're just like, throwing, like, like Fleming response, werewolves trying to get to it. It's wild, it's crazy. I was going to say, it's got to have some kind of mock sexual response. That's the only thing I could think that would keep a dog overpower its prey drive. It's got to have. Well, some I imagine kind if of... they saw it, they're still going to chase it. I wouldn't say that they'd leave it if they saw it take off, but they're quick. They're nimble like a fox, you know? So yeah. as the dog comes in, they'll squirt and like slip away, you know? Wait, how did, the they, how did they slip away, the Chad? How, how did they slip away? Well, no one can see it. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm pantomiming uh, a ringtail cat slipping away. Very stealthy, but yeah, <laughs> you barely see me. I best describe him as like a a monkey, a monkey cat fox, like that. <laughs> monkey cat lemur. That's right. Monkey cat lemur. Yep. They literally jumped. They, the one I caught was jumping around the house like Zabubamafu. Like it. <laughs> a what? Zabumafu. You don't know Zabumafu, dude? Yeah, I know. I just wanted to make sure we got that loud enough, man, because I've heard that before and it's still hilarious. Jumping around like Zabumafu. That's going to be the name of this episode. Straight up. Well, actually, we may get sued for that. I I don't know. I got to get the copyright, but... (laughs) Here's a quick fact. What is a ringtail's closest living relative, Chad? I don't know. What do you think, Chad? Is it a lemur? Nope. It's a raccoon. What? They're in the same family as raccoons, Procyonidae. Yep. What? Yep. Yep. I guess they're they, very. They're, they, I mean, they kind of are like a raccoon that never went to the gym but did American Ninja Warrior instead. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. 
that's so yeah. perfect he was like the athletic high achieving like like version brother of the two family yeah, yeah just like the tall skinny version they, they only weigh like three or four pounds they're little yeah they they look like a yeah everyone they kind of look like if a weasel a lemur and a raccoon had a baby together and like a cat yeah so yeah, yeah they're in the they're in the same family um as raccoons they're in procyonidae and then they're in their own genus basariscus and then uh raccoons are in procyon that's their genus but yep they're in the same family so we're Very close relatives them. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> go for it, Chad. Tyler was saying, "What was it? The where the where did the Cotamundi branch out from there? Are they? Yeah, so they're in the same family too. They're in Procyonidae as well. Um, but I don't know because I only know stuff about New Mexico animals. <laughs> so I mean, they are there are some here, but yeah, yeah I, was like, I trapped one here in Corrales. Yeah, I treated one in the Gila once with my buddy's Labrador. But I, I just don't know enough about them. Apparently, you can find them a lot in the Chiricahuas, which is a bad... You can find jaguars there, too. Um, you know, Warner Glenn has got two pictures on two separate occasions of jaguars in New Mexico. He's the only person ever who's video, uh, photographed a jaguar. He's a legend in the wildlife community because when people are like, jaguars in New Mexico, everyone's like, there's this hound guy in southern New Mexico who's seen them. So, yeah, and we saw his pictures that he took in our wildlife class. This was way before I was in the hound world. So, actually, yeah, I knew who Warner Glenn was way before I ever knew anything about hunting with dogs. <laughs> it's cool. Anyway, there's your uh, weird lore for the day, everybody. It's not going to be an all-mixed-up episode without it. Chad, let's wrap this up, brother, for this segment. Do you got any last questions? And if not, I'm going to let Tyler lead it out with anything he needs to say about terriers in the workplace. No, I, I was wanting to, I was wanting to hear that, uh, that, uh, ringtail story again about jumping out of a stack of magazines or whatever. <laughs> that's, that's the, I, we, we scratched my, uh, my edge there. Go for it, Tyler. What you got? I was able to scruff that thing alive. I, I left that customer's house with it alive. Dang. Just, so you actually could lay hands on it. It, it. I guess when the dog, when there's a dog on it, I bet it's a lot easier to catch it. Yeah. <laughs> it, they bite very hard. I learned. Oh man. Hey, here's something I wanted to ask you. So I spent a lot of time trapping when I was an undergrad, the gnarliest animal I've ever caught in a trap leg hold or live trap is a rock squirrel. They're so aggressive. I tell my customers rock squirrels are gray squirrels. If they have survived an apocalypse. (laughs) That's so good. So true, man. I could see a full grown coyote. Oh, go ahead. Can't cut their hides with shears. Nope. And they're like semi-immune to rattlesnake venom. They are. Have you ever seen one fight a rattler before, Tyler? They'll eat them. Yeah. Oh, dude. So, so um, they can fl- they flood blood to their. So, all right, everyone. A rock squirrel is a kind of ground squirrel, and um, they're very common in New Mexico. And when they hate rattlesnakes, and they're it's a catch twenty two because they're super destructive on your property, but they do absolutely keep rattlesnakes off your land. And so when they are engaged with a rattlesnake, they will tick their, spick their, stick their tail straight up and flush it with blood because rattlesnake, anything in Crotalinae, rattlesnakes, they're uh, heat sensitive pit vipers and they see all that blood flushed in the tail and it's a hot spot and the snakes strike for their tail, which is just fur with like a little stick of blood in the middle of it. And that allows <laughs> the squirrel to attack the snake and bite their head off. I saw one fight a rattlesnake for an hour 
on the middle of a dirt road one time here in southern New Mexico at my job, and it was the most badass thing ever. He got bit, didn't even phase him. They fought for an hour, and he still killed the snake after he got bit like 30 minutes prior. They're badass, Probably man. Thanks, trying to pierce its skin. <laughs> well, like- we, yeah, they're, they're beasts. They have super effective kidneys, too. And so when you trank them to knock them out, they need a huge dose of tranquilizer because their kidneys and liver are so effective at, at, at neutralizing toxins. They're just badass animal, man. They're, they're cool. And they're freaking aggressive. They're ferocious, man. I made the mistake of turning one out one time for my dogs when they were young. I was like, Ooh, this will be a good cage train race for you guys. No, they caught that squirrel and they were like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this rabbit's a cactus. <laughs> and they let, him go. <laughs> they let him go, man. Like, so anyway, it was, it was a cra- They're crazy. That's what I learned. They're crazy. So anyway, Tyler, if there's anything you want to say to the Houndsman XP world now, brother, here's your time. No, I, I honestly, I think we, I think we covered a good bit of it um, without going into another like hour episode. Yeah. Well, I think that was perfect, man. I thank you so much for joining us and this will not be the last time you talk to us. And uh, I look forward to running with you when that pup grows up, man, it'll be a good time. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Guys, this is a no-nonsense podcast. You guys know that. And I'm going to talk to you about Onyx because I'm sitting in camp in New Mexico right now. I've never stepped foot on this ranch. And I've used Onyx so many times in the last three days. With their high-definition maps, I can see mesas. I can see grasslands. I can see the canyons. I know where the critters ought to be living in Onyx helps me find those spots and get to those spots and it totally augments my tracking equipment i could buy a map card for new mexico but this year alone i've hunted louisiana indiana kentucky uh new mexico Uh, i didn't hunt in colorado but i was there montana i've been in montana so you do the math on the map card and when you buy onyx at their elite price for around 100 bucks a year I get all of these maps that are right on my phone, extremely clear, landowners are marked, state lands are marked, it's all right there. Check out Onyx at onxmaps.com and get with it, man. And at checkout, enter the promo code HXP20 and you will get 20% off of your Onyx subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. So a cat monkey weasel. Right, you know, or beamer cat boy. The, the picture is the best. I love the picture. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the surprise look in its face. You know, like I mean, I'd be surprised. Or, or another Zumabafu, or what? Yeah, Zumabafu. Say it, Yeah, but Zumabafu. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the lemur. Yeah, that's what I love. I got this lemur in my house. Like. That's so New Mexico. Like some crazy crackhead just thinks there's a lemur in their house. Mm-hmm. And as a as an animal control expert, I would imagine if you heard that, you would be like, I'm coming no matter what, you know, but you forget the zoologic knowledge of the average person is Zabumafu. Zabumafu. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, man. Dang, that was great. You know, I've... So I, I work in a unit that has a lot of international folks and 
my friend Dylan, shout out to Dylan. You're a cool guy, man. He's been a friend of mine. He lived in Africa for six years. He lived in Niger. He lived in Kenya and he lived in Cameroon and he was there for a total of six years. So he didn't, he wasn't a tourist. He lived there. I mean, this guy speaks like three African languages. Okay. And he told me, he's like, I'm not joking here in New Mexico. I see areas that are 10 times more slum and nasty than anything I've ever seen in Africa. He's like, right? those people are in the Niger, especially the culture there. They're the poorest country in the world, right? He's like, so all they have to do is not die. That's your job every day. Make sure you have food, <laughs> spend a ton of time with your neighbors, building like crazy interpersonal bonds because they are going to save your life one day. It's guaranteed. And then the sec, and then, and then just, and like, you know, do stuff, basically learn around the natural area in your area. Right. And he's like, and work on your house because there's nothing else to do. And he's like, so they take an insane amount of pride in the items and stuff they have. And right. they always are working on their house, like making it as nice as they can. And he's like, yeah, man. I mean, this is a person who makes the equivalent of like 80 US dollars a year. And their house is right. nicer than the house is like, like tweaker cabins out here in the desert, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, I just imagine like, it's, it's. Well, there's a tree that fell through your roof and now there's a bunch of raccoons living in your house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'll get to it one day. I'll get that tree cleaned up one day. Meanwhile, there's a colony of coons in your house. Or or flushing Zumabavu out of your magazine <laughs> stack, you know? like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh thank you tyler that was awesome man and uh chad good good guess man that was that was all chad's idea everyone chad came in clutch this month so everyone give chat chad a round of applause he made this episode entirely possible so this episode brought to you by chad reynolds <laughs> <laughs> now we need to do a little ad spot for you buddy there you go <laughs> are you bald <laughs> do you hand pigs to random people <laughs> and mispronounce the boomafu <laughs> have we got a whiskey for you, you know? clearly call clearly <laughs> yes <laughs> well that's all i got brother you got anything else to add for this month no nah, i think that's wrapped up tight all right well let's hunt them hard and treat them like heroes sounds good